right. Amen. Good morning. Yes, look at that. We're getting so much better at that. Good morning. Welcome to Bethany Baptist Church. It is so good to see everyone this morning. It is wonderful to be in the house of the Lord again this morning. I hope you are excited, uh, as excited as we were on Super Bowl Sunday. We're back for our Super Bowl Sunday, right? We are happy to be here. I hope you had a great week. Um, We had an awesome time. We took the teens to the rodeo on Friday night. So we had a great time with the teens. Um, Half of them went to the rodeo. The other half just stayed in the carnival the whole time. They didn't even see anything. Literally, I think some of them went and found out that there were animals at the rodeo. That's what I was told. They were like, hey, there's animals here. I was like, you know what? We got to refresh our minds on what rodeo is. Hey, it's good to see everyone this morning. I hope you're glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Would you stand with me this morning? We are going to have an opportunity to worship God together. We have a a hymn and then some wonderful worship songs to sing together. And let's just uh, do that this morning as we worship God. And then Pastor Jeremy will come up shortly and give our welcome and a couple things that we'll keep in mind for the week. Let's worship together like a river.
rest in him. In Christ alone is where we find that. We're going to continue worshiping through that wonderful song this morning. seated. Good to have each and every one of here uh, of you here at Bethany Baptist Church. We're so glad that you've made time on a Sunday morning to be in God's house. And as Brother Jason said, there ain't no better place to be after Super Bowl Sunday, the next Sunday, in God's house. And uh, it's, just, it's just awesome to be here. I don't see any guests with us this morning. So if there's any guests that are tuning in on the live stream, well, we want to welcome you. Thank you so much for taking time uh, on this um, Sunday morning, wherever you may be, uh, to come and worship with us or at least be online with us in this service. Uh, we hope that it'll be a blessing and a help to you. Now, for us that are here this morning, I also want to just do a, a few announcements during this moment and um, just want to say that uh, we've got quite a few things going on here this week and, and really in the next few weeks, we have some major, major changes that we're doing uh, that I think are going to help us as a church uh, to grow in our walk and grow uh, in, in what God wants to teach us throughout this year. And so one of the things that we're doing is next week, we've got a united service, all right? Spanish and English at 1030 in the morning. It's going to be an awesome, awesome service. It's going to be a little bit earlier for us, a little bit later for them. And that was the compromise that we kind of came to. Uh, but next week, 1030, we're going to get out obviously earlier. You're going to beat the lunch rush. And, uh, uh, but it's going to be an, an awesome time. Uh, as I said last week, two languages, but one church. And, and God's going to uh, be challenging us on the future, on what we're going to be doing in March. 
and the changes that are coming. One of the major changes that we're doing is we're, we're going to be changing our evening service to 5 o'clock p.m. Now, right now, the English, we don't have a service on Sunday night, but starting in March, we will. All right, we're going to be having a, uh, a connections class that you're going to be able to be a part of. And uh, through this connection class, we're going to be getting to know one another a little bit better and, uh, and hopefully making some new friends and, uh, and encouraging one another. Uh, one of the things that the Bible says that we ought to do as a church is to love one another and pray for one another. It's easier to do that when we know each other's names, okay? So the connection groups on Sunday nights are actually going to help us to do that. We're going to get to know uh, what our names are. We're going to get to know what God is doing in each of our lives. And we're going to be challenged by the Word of God, all right? Challenged in certain areas. And, uh, and it's going to be just really, really, really exciting. You don't want to miss it. We're also going to have a class for new members. So if you became a member in the last two years, all right, since the pandemic, uh, you're going to be in that class. And we're going to talk about all sorts of things, kind of where our church started, how it started, how it functions. We're going to be talking about all of that. So if you're a new member, uh, you want to be there on Sunday nights. It's just going to be awesome. Awesome. Okay. So uh, please make plans for that and be praying. If you've uh, been a member for more than two years and you're going to be in the connection class, just be praying uh, for the changes there in March. It's going to be, it's just going to be something I think will be a help and a blessing for our church. One of the other things I want to share with you is that on Wednesdays, we started just a prayer service. Uh, used to, or at least the normal thing has been that on Wednesdays we come we'd have a, a, a short time of prayer and then uh, a challenge from God's word like we do on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights. One of the things that we changed this last Wednesday is that we made it purely a time or a service of prayer. Uh, we had one song, then a time of prayer, then another song, and then a time of prayer, and then another song, and then a time of prayer, and then we ended with a song. We had 45 minutes straight, of, or, or 45 minutes of prayer in that service last Wednesday. And what we did was we prayed for all the needs that people have been sharing with us. And one of the ways that we did that was with this little piece of paper. And I don't know if there was one in your notes today. Uh, if there wasn't on the way out, I hope you'll, you'll pick one up. And what we're asking is if you would just write any prayer requests that you have, all right, and drop it into the offering plate. I promise you, on Wednesday, we'll be praying for whatever you're asking for. If you have friends that are in the hospital, you say, I just want our church to be praying for this friend. His name is so-and-so. He's in the hospital. Write that down. If you say, I have a friend that's not been saved yet. I'm trying to invite him to church. Write it down. We want to pray for him. Okay, I shared this uh, last week with our Spanish congregation. But uh, Mrs. Shufield, our sister, she used to be the pianist here at our church for many years. Her husband, right, before she even knew him, was on a prayer list, right, for their church. And she was praying for him without even knowing him, without meeting him. And then God made it so where he came to that church, they got to know each other, then they got married. And she told me, you know, Jeremy, for many years I prayed for my husband. I didn't even know him. But he was on that prayer list and I was praying for him every week. And that's what we want to do. That's what the prayer service on Wednesday is going to be all about. So please, please, I'm asking you, any prayer requests you might have for your family, for yourself, for friends, um, people at work, write it down and we want to pray for them. If you have a personal prayer request, you say, there's something personal, I don't want it made public, just in parentheses somewhere, just say, this is personal, not on Please don't add it to the list. And I will pray personally because I see the list. The, I see these cards. Uh, I'll pray for that 
uh, personal requests that you have. And I'll, I'll be sure not to make sure uh, that it's not in the bulletin on Wednesday, but I do want to be praying for the needs that you have, okay? And um, here's the awesome thing about being a Christian, that God answers our prayer. It's, it, listen, he doesn't just listen, right? Sometimes we have problems. We, we call our, 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 our best friend, we call our, our girlfriend, and we say, hey, here's, here's the problem I'm having. Here's what I'm going through. And sometimes all that we can do is listen. You hear them, you say, they're in the hospital. All I can do is listen. But you know what, God? God can heal the sick. God can answer our prayer. That's why we want to, to make sure that we are filling these out and praying them about every request that we have. God says, casting all your care upon me, for I care for you. And uh, so it's important to, uh, to remember that. Uh, one of the requests that will be on, that's already been um, mentioned last week, is uh, our sister, Daniela um, Signs is going to be having surgery this Tuesday. So if you would just be praying for her, she said tomorrow she's got to go on the fast. Uh, and so, that's almost worse than the surgery sometimes, right? Where you just can't eat and you're hungry. Um, but be praying for her this Tuesday. They'll have that, uh, that surgery and, and that everything would go smooth. There'd be no complications and uh, that God would put his hand of healing, be with the doctors. Uh, we want to be praying for her during this time. So uh, if you would add that somewhere on your notes right now or somewhere uh, that will remind you to be praying for her this week, okay? Uh, also, this morning, we're going to also be, uh, as we sing, picking up the offering. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and pray uh, for the offering. And then as we're singing, uh, we're going to be having the plates up here. And uh, if you still give through uh, an envelope or anything like that, you'll be able to come up as we sing and worship God through our giving and through our singing. Let me just leave you with this real quick because I heard this this week and I thought it was interesting. And I know I'm going really long. I, I feel bad for the, everyone standing behind me. But I heard this statistic. It was interesting to me. There was a study done at the University of Michigan and they were working, seeing how the brain works and things. And they said this, they, they found in the study that if you hear a song 30 times, after that, you don't even think about the lyrics. You know the lyrics, but you don't think about what it's saying. And when I heard that, I thought, oh my goodness. You know how many times we've heard these songs? Well, whether it's uh, in Christ alone or whether it's on the old rugged cross or whatever song it is, I've heard it in my life way more than 30 times. And, uh, and this week I asked God, God, help me not to sing without thinking about it. You know, I, I could do it because I've heard it more than 30 times, but I don't want our singing and our time of worship to be something we do just because we've heard it 30 times. It should be something that we're, we're singing, saying it is true. In Christ alone, uh, we can do what we do. And, uh, and so in this time of singing, as we continue the time of singing in this service, uh, let's think about what the words say. and let, let them speak to our hearts. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, thank you so much for your truth and for your word. I, I pray that uh, as we sing this morning, we wouldn't just give you lip service. Oh, Father, I pray that we would sing from our heart. And, and then, Father, I pray that all that we give today in the offerings would be something that we give with, with our whole heart, cheerfully, that we could say, Father, that you've been so good to us, that you have given uh, your blessing and brought your blessing uh, into our lives and, and that we give to you because we love you. Not because we have to, not because we're made to, but because we love you and that's more than enough for us. So, Father, I pray that in the offering that is received, that you would multiply it as it's used for the furtherance of your kingdom. And we ask all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
would stand at this time. Let's continue our worship time. We want to worship through giving. I know the offering plate is up here. And we'll also sing about the wonderful Lamb of God. Let's do that this morning as we worship together. The Lord is my salvation as we close our time of worship this morning. The grace of God has reached for me and pulled me from.
singing and it's just beautiful when you do focus on what is written what it means and uh, anytime you sing about the blood of Christ it is precious and uh, anytime you you sing about what God has done and is doing uh, you can't help but be moved by it and uh, and I hope that in the time of worship you were encouraged and helped Um, before we jump into the message go ahead and go to Genesis chapter number three uh, before we jump into that, though, I do just want to uh, share with, with everyone, last week we started with the, uh, the help for the Bible students in Venezuela. We've been uh, trying to be a blessing to them. There's a, a Bible college down there with one of the missionaries we support, Pastor Carlos Ramos. He's got a uh, Bible college. They have 187 students. And we were thinking about how we could be a blessing and a help to them and what we decided that we could do was try to provide each student with a new outfit, all right? And so what we're, we're attempting to do from now to the first week of April is sponsor them. And what we want to do is buy a new outfit, all right? Not bringing used clothing. We've done that before. But, you know, I was just thinking we're, we're trying to get it to them by Easter. 
And, uh, and I just think about Easter and having new life. And new life, we should, uh, to represent that, have some new clothes that we can send them. And so uh, each of these little um, cards has the name of a person, their age, uh, and then their sizes. One thing we notice, though, is that their shoe size is from Venezuela, all right? And uh, the Venezuela shoe size is not the same as Mexico shoe size, which is not the same as the U.S. shoe size, okay? Uh, so uh, you'll find that uh, someone like me, for instance, I wear size 10. Some of these guys in their uh, card here, you're, you're going to see that they say size like 45, all right? That's not this big of a shoe, we don't need clown shoes. So what we're going to try to do, we, we, we've made copies of a scale so that you know what the uh, scale is from Venezuela to American shoe size. And, uh, and that'll help us as we go and buy an outfit uh, to buy the right size of shoe for the person that we are sponsoring. Okay, so on your way out, we'll, we'll have those there on the back table. And uh, if you would, and, and like I said, whatever the Lord puts on your heart, as many as you feel that he's leading you to sponsor, we want to sponsor, okay? And, um, and like I said, the clothes can be anywhere that you find clearance racks and good deals and uh, things like that, all right? We want new clothes, uh, but it doesn't matter um, what, you, uh, what you have in your budget as far as if you, if you want to shop at Walmart for a new outfit, they have good clothes there at Walmart. They've got good clothes at Target. They've got good clothes at the mall. They've got good clothes at the outlets, all right? Wherever that you can find an outfit for the person that you want to support, uh, please do that, and um, most importantly, um, be praying for them, okay? We can help them with clothes and be a blessing, and I think we ought to, and we're going to, but they need prayer, all right? Uh, living in, in, the, uh, in the country of Venezuela is not an easy time right now. Uh, they used to be one of the richest countries in all of South America, and uh, at this point, they're one of the poorest countries, and one of the ones that has the greatest need, so just be praying for them that God would encourage them and keep them following what God wants them to do, all right? Finishing the Bible college and, and going out into ministry. If there's anything that we need uh, more of, it's people that want to serve God. And, uh, and so that's what they're doing, and we want to encourage them with that. Genesis chapter number three is where we're going to be starting this morning. We're actually going to be starting a brand new series on relationships, all right? Relationships. And this morning, we want to talk about the importance of relationships. Now, throughout this series, we're going to be talking about different kinds of relationships, how to build relationships, and uh, who you ought to have relationships with. We're going to be talking about how, how do you uh, deal with conflict, and, and how do you navigate that in relationships. We're, we're going to talk about a lot of different aspects of relationships. But, but this morning, I want to really focus on the importance of relationships. In other words, is it worth, you know, going the next you know, few Sunday mornings talking about relationships? Is that really necessary? You might be like, Pastor, I, I mean, relationships are relationships, a part of life, we get it. Do we really need to take time and see what God's word says about relationships? Yes, we do. All right, relationships are so important that the Bible is full of them, full of relationships. And so, we're going to learn this morning a few reasons as to why relationships are so important, why it is that we should talk about it on a Sunday morning, why it is that we, we want to know what uh, the Bible says about it. Because here's, a, here's the reality. You have relationships in your life. I have relationships in my life. And there's a reason for having them. And they play an important role in our life. And this morning, we're going to look at that. 
Starting in Genesis chapter 3, though, I want to I start there. We're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. We're not going to go verse by verse. It's not going to be that kind of an uh, expository message. Thank, thank the Lord, right? We, that way we're not here all week. But it is going to be something that's topical where we're going to find certain truths in each of these chapters that relate to us about relationships. And since we are talking about relationships, we should start where it starts in the Bible from the very first chapter, all right? Uh, but I want you to notice in our passage what we're going to start off with reading, and that is chapter 3, verse 14. What's happening here in the passage is that Adam and Eve have sinned, and now God is talking with them about what the consequences of that sin is going to be. And notice what he says. He says, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. And thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Adam called his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam, and I want you to notice verse 21, unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. Let's pray. Father, as we jump into this passage and others, as we jump into this topic of relationships, Father, I pray that you would lead me by your spirit. Help me to communicate the message that you have placed on my heart. I pray that the next few minutes would be a time where we can grow, where we can know what your word teaches, but most importantly, where we can apply it into our lives. Father, we don't want to just be hearers of your word today. We want to be doers also. We don't want to just know what the Bible says about relationships. We want to apply those truths into our life and into the relationships we have. And so help us this morning. Be with me. Be with each and every person that is hearing this message, whether it's online through the stream or whether it's through here in person May your spirit speak to our hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the Christian life is full of relationships. Relationships at church with others, at home, with our family, and in everyday life with complete strangers, right? We are all uh, confronted with relationships. Now, if you ask Google what the definition of relationship is, you'll find this and you can type it in your phone if you don't believe me. The first one there, it says, it's the way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected, or the state of being connected. Now, the context for us in relationship is on people. I'm not talking about objects that are connected. I'm not going to be talking about concepts that are connected. I'm going to be talking about how people, how we connect with one another. This is what I mean by relationships, and most of our life is relationships. From our first moment on this earth, Right? With our parents, we start relationships. 
They start a relationship there. There is a connection there. And from that, we start growing up and we make connections with others. People at church, at home, like I said, at school, complete strangers, we start to begin to make connections. That's what relationships is all about. And relationships are so important. In fact, according to a Pew Research poll that was done last year, right, the poll was about meaning in life. Where do you get your meaning? That's all they were asking people. Where do you get your meaning in life? What is it something that you point to for that? Did you know Americans, 49%, it was the number one thing, 49% said from family. From family relationships, they derive their meaning. And then another 20%, which was the second highest, was from friends and community. So a total of 69% of America says they derive their meaning of life from relationships. That's why I keep saying relationships are so important. And that's why the Bible speaks so much about relationships. So why are relationships so important? I want to give you three reasons and we'll get out of here, okay, in the next 10 minutes. Yeah, right. I'm not going to go 10 minutes. I wish I could. All right. uh, Three, three, though, I'm going to get through these three uh, reasons of why relationships are important. I want you to notice the first reason. If you have your notes, the first reason is this. Relationships are important because God is relational. The character of God, the makeup, the essence of who God is, is relational. Relationship did not come into existence when man was created. There was already relationship existing before the creation of man. And that was with God himself. Because in God's being and in his character, he is relational. There was perfect relation between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. What we call the Trinity or the triune God. There was perfect relation before the beginning of time, all right? In, in, in eternity past, there was that relationship. So relationships are important because God is relational. In fact, God created us to be relational. I, I want you to notice in chapter 1 and verse number 26, this is a verse that many times is used to prove the, the trinity of God because in verse 26, it says, and God said, let us make man in our image. There's a plurality there. There's a relationship there. Uh, so already we see there's relationship happening. But when God created man, he didn't create man to be alone. When we were created in God's image, part of that was that we were going to have to be relational as well. Just like God and his character is relational, we ourselves also have that need. We need to be relational. He created us to be. We have the ability to make connections with others. All right. Our existence is not isolated from everyone else. In fact, the moment that you're conceived, there's a literal connection between you and your mom. Right? It's the umbilical cord. It's what feeds you. It's what gives you life. Uh, there is a literal connection there. So from that moment, from the very moment you and I came into existence, we were created to be relational. Relationals, uh, relationships are so important for this reason, and it, it makes us so distinguished and, and so different from the rest of creation. Do you know that God created animals, created all of our creation, but all of the animal kingdom doesn't have 
the ability to connect like we do. Now, that doesn't mean that animals don't have emotions. That's why animals can get angry and, and, and they do things out of instinct. They do things and they do what they do. But they can't make a connection with God. They can't really make a connection with one another. Okay? That does not exist. But for man, it does. Because God created us this way. I want you to notice in Genesis chapter 2, there in your notes, in verse number 20, And Adam gave names to all cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. So here's all the animal kingdom, here's everything. God said, hey, Adam, I want you to name them, I want you to see them. And Adam does all of that, and then he just, like it hits him, like a bolt of lightning, I imagine. It hits him. There's no one for me. It's like there's male and female for everything else in creation, but not for me. And you notice that having a pet wasn't enough of a relationship for him. Petting lions wasn't going to be good enough for him. Riding on elephants wasn't going to be good enough for him for a relationship. So what does God do? You'll notice as you keep reading, the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. God creates the relationship. And he said, look, Adam, I didn't create you to be alone. I wanted you to be aware that you're alone. (laughs) I want you to understand that having pets ain't the same as having someone that's like you. Someone that you can talk to. Someone that you can have a relationship with. Because, Adam, I'm relational. I've created you to be relational because there is an eternity, ladies and gentlemen. There is something beyond this life. And that relationship that you have with God will carry on if you have a relationship with God. And if you don't, the relationship ends. There is no relation there in hell. When you read about hell in the Bible, you'll find that the man that it talks about, the rich man there in Luke chapter 16, he, didn't, he wasn't talking with everybody. He remembered that he had brothers and he remembered Lazarus and he remembers all these things, but there was nobody with him. He was alone. So as we think about relationships, they're so important because God is relational and created us to be relational. But with that being said, let me also say this about God being relational. And that is that God desires to have a relationship with us. God created Eve so Adam and Eve could have a relationship. That's how he created us. We're, we're also relational. But you know that God wants and desires a relationship with us. Now the passage of scripture that we read from verse 14 when I was telling you about God bringing the judgment. At the end, verse 21, it's amazing. Because right there, God could have ended any relationship. And he would have been completely fine in doing that. He could have said, I told you not to eat of the tree. I told you not to sin. I told you not to disobey. We're through. We're done. And in his holiness, he could have done that. And he would have been just as righteous and just as just. He would have been just as perfect if he would have done that. If he would have right then and there condemned Adam and Eve to a life of no more children and just sent them to condemnation and judgment, he'd have been right in doing that. But there's something about God being relational 
that he has a desire to have a relationship with us. Notice that he made a way. After he gave the judgment, he made a way that we can still have a relationship with him. He said, I'm going I'm to make some coats of skin. And he had to sacrifice an animal. And the Bible said that the shedding of blood at that time covered the sin. It didn't take away the sin, but it covered the sin. Why? So that he could have some sort of relationship with us. Then later down the line, he sent his only son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on a cross. Why? I put it in your notes why. Romans 5, 8. But God commended his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He sent his son so that we could have a relationship with him. Now, where animals covered sin, Jesus' blood took away sin. It gave us new life. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And when you get to verse 21, I put it in your notes because it's such an amazing verse. It says, for he hath made him to be sin for us. That means Jesus was made sin. The son of God was made sin for us. And he knew no sin before that. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In other words, Jesus was sent so that we could have a relationship. Because what is holy cannot have a relationship with what is not holy. When Adam sinned, he made himself unholy. And God was 100% holy. And so there was no relationship. It got cut off. Even though God was relational, there was no way to have a relationship there going because it's an unholy man with a holy God. And even all the blood of all the animals of the animal kingdom could not bridge that gap. The only one that could was Jesus Christ. And when he went to the cross, he did it for you and for me. He bridged the gap. He became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God so that we might have a relationship. Do you see how important relationships are? They're, they're, they're important because God is relational and he desires to have a relationship with you and me. He didn't cut that off. He said, okay, there's got to be a way. And his son was the way. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes into the Father but by me. Relationships are important because God's relational. He created us to have relationships, and he desires to have a relationship with us. And by the way, if you're here this morning and you've never gotten into a relationship with God, this morning I hope you will. Jesus said, I, I, I have a relationship with, with anyone that comes to me. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. He says, I want a new relationship with you. I don't want to just be your friend. I want you to be family. Relationships are important because God is relation, relational. Let me, let me give you a second reason. Relationships are important. That is because relationships are powerful. Relationships are powerful. Now, relationships should have some sort of practicalness behind it. Uh, there, there's got to be some connection in our lives with it. Uh, uh, it kind of reminds me of, of the story, and, and it shouldn't be this way when it comes to relationships in our life, but there was this lady that was kind of living out in the boondocks, and, and she didn't have electricity, and, and she wanted it, so she called the electric company, and, and they made arrangements, and they came, and they connected the electricity there at, at her home. 
And, uh, and they were telling her, oh, you're going you're gonna to love having the electricity. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I really, I really want it and need it. Well, after delivering the electricity, uh, a few months went by, about six to, to, to nine months went by, and the electric company began to notice that there was not a lot of electricity being drawn by that house. They were a little bit, you know, concerned about that, and so they, they sent someone to go and, and visit this lady. And, and so the, the salesman went, and, and he said, um, Ma'am, I'm, I'm from the electric company, and we're just a little bit concerned. There's not a lot of wattage being used here. Uh, are you using your electricity? And she said, yes, yes, I am. And the man said, well, can I ask what you're using it for? And she said, oh, yeah. She says, when it gets dark, I turn, off, I turn on the electricity just long enough so I can get my kerosene lamps going. It's like you have this power, but you're not using it relationships are important and we're to use them. God's made us relational because he's relational and there's something that comes from this relationship. And and there's some power to that. I want you to notice as you read in in chapter 2 of Genesis chapter 2 that this influence of a relationship, what it can do. I want you to notice that first of all, it can influence how we think. Relationships can influence how we think. The power that I'm talking about is that kind of power. It's not going to make us faster than a speeding bullet. All right? We're not going to be leaping tall buildings in a single bound when you have relationships. No. But the power that it has is to influence the way you think, the way others think. Now, I want you to notice this in Genesis chapter 2. Look at verse number 16. It says, And the Lord God commanded the man, so God's talking to Adam, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. When God spoke to Adam, he's pretty specific there. Telling him, you can't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Here's what you can do. Every other tree you can do. That one you cannot do. You should not do. He didn't talk to Adam in code. All right, try to decipher what I'm saying. No, no, he was pretty black and white. Letting Adam know, this is what I expect of you. Now, here's something that's interesting. When you get to chapter 3, all right, and verse number 2, now the serpent has come, and he's talking to Eve. Notice what it says. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the, free, of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, if you read in chapter 2 what he's telling Adam, where did he tell Adam that he couldn't touch it? Because he doesn't, if you look carefully. Doesn't. But Eve is telling the serpent, we can't even touch it. Where did she get that from? Now, the Bible doesn't say if she took it upon herself to have that standard, or if it was Adam that told her. All we know is this. At some point, she got that idea. In their relationship with Adam and Eve, this thinking came through. Clearly, Adam had to have told her of what God said, because nowhere in the scripture do we say that God told Eve anything. It was Adam that told Eve, but did he tell her not to touch it? I don't know. Did he say God said you couldn't touch it, or did he just say, just don't even touch it? I don't know. But I'll tell you this, in that relationship, he had some influence on the way she was thinking. How she was thinking about the tree, how she was thinking about what was happening in the garden. That relationship that they had was pretty powerful. 
The relationships in our life are so powerful, they can affect how you think. You know what I've noticed working with teens for 14 years? That if you get one negative teen and start hooking them up with another one that maybe is kind of positive, usually both of them end up negative. And the influence of this one can start influencing everything else. It's kind of like the rotten apple that's in the bushel. It might just be one rotten apple. The rest of the bushels are good apples, but you know what? Give it enough time and they all become rotten. Relationships have that power. They can, they, they can influence how we think. That's why you has got to be, understand, relationships are important. They're powerful. Be careful. They influence how you think. Notice, secondly, they influence your choices. They influence your choices. Now, notice in verse number three, all right? Chapter three, verse three, the thinking was don't even touch it. You get to verse six, three verses later. Now we find Eve's eating it. What happened? Well, she had a relationship in her life start to change not just the way she was thinking, but what she was doing. Because the serpent said, wait, hath God said? You should not eat it. I tell you, I tell you, is, is that what you're thinking? Let me tell you what God knows. God knows that if you eat it, you'll be just like him. Now, you want to be like God, don't you, Eve? You want that kind of power, don't you, Eve? You want that kind of life, don't you, Eve? And he started thinking about it and said, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I got it. Nothing's happening. Touch of the fruit. It's okay. Nothing happened there. Now her thinking is changing, and by the time you get to verse 6, what she's doing has changed because of the relationship. By the way, look at the end of verse 6. All right? So Eve has eaten of the fruit, but by the time that you get to the end of verse 6, it says this. She did eat and then gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. So here's Adam who knows. Who knows? Hey, we're not supposed to eat that, but now he's eating it. What happened? What, was, what made Adam do that? His relationship. Relationship with Eve. Now, by the way, this is not an excuse, husbands, for having terrible marriages. Oh, well, wife you gave me. Adam already tried that. God answered. That doesn't work. But what I'm saying here is, you see how powerful relationships are? They influence the way you think, and they, they even influence your choices. It influenced Adam's choices, influenced Eve's choices. This is why it's important to talk about relationships. Uh, this is why, uh, as a church, we're going to have like marriage retreats and couples things and, and uh, a class on parenting starting in, in March. Uh, we're we're, we're, we're going to be talking about that. Why? Because they're relationships, and relationships are really important. Because it helps us to know who God is. It's part of who He is. He's relational. But also because relationships are powerful. They influence how we think. They influence what we do. I want you to notice a third thing. And that is that relationships are everywhere. <laughs> no matter where you go in life, no matter what you do in life, you'll be surrounded by relationships. There's no escaping them. <laughs> whether you're at work, whether you're at family, whether you're starting in a whole new community because you just moved in and there's a whole new city and a whole new set of circumstances and situations, you'll find relationships are there. They're around you. Can't get out of them. So, there's something good about knowing this stuff. 
Something good about knowing that relationships are important because they're everywhere. And here's the good thing. Because you can make new ones all the time. Isn't that awesome? Relationships are things that you can make those new everywhere you go, whenever you're needed. Listen, we're not trapped into one or two relationships only in life. You literally can make new friendships and new connections with new people all the time. And as we go through life, God will bring people into our lives that he wants us to connect with. Because relationships are important. And because they're everywhere, God is saying, hey, I'm going to connect you with, with people all over. Okay? Relationships is the way you're going to do it. Okay? Aren't you glad that uh, our friends uh, don't look at our bank account first before they determine if they're our friends? Or I hope they don't. If they do, they're not your friend, by the way. Just They're not. I hope your friendship's not determined on favors. Are you, how many favors they're doing for you or you're doing for them? That's not true friendship. We're going to talk about that in this series, but it's not. There are some people that God wants to connect us with. There's some coworkers that he wants to connect you with and neighbors and, 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 and strangers that we're going to meet in unexpected ways and in different places. Why? So there's a relationship there that you can connect with because they're everywhere. And the good thing is you can make those new ones anytime. When you get to Genesis chapter 3, verse 23 and 24, which we just read, you find that God drove them out of the Garden of Eden, but he still had the relationship with Adam and Eve. He said, I got, we got to get them out so they don't take of the tree of life and live uh, dead forever. So he cast them out of the Garden of Eden. But wherever they went after they left the Garden of Eden, their relationship was still there. Because God's relational. He wanted to have a relationship. He understands that relationships can influence how we think and the choices we make. That's why we need to have a right relationship with God so we make good choices and so that we can think correctly and realize that they're everywhere. Realize that there's new ones that can be made no matter where you're at. You don't have to be in the perfect environment for the relationships of life. Not every family is perfect. In fact, I would go so far as to say every, every family has issues. Every family. But the issues of that is not a good reason to have no relationships. Relationships are everywhere. Yeah. It's making the right connections that's so important. It's kind of like the, um, the preacher that uh, had a parrot and he was, he was looking to get rid of the, of the parrot because <laughs> the parrot was just full of profanity, all right? He was cussing all the time. And so he was telling his congregation, hey, I got this parrot and, and I've been trying to, you know, help it learn verses and sing hymns, and it doesn't. All it does is cuss at me. And, uh, and he said, I, I got to get rid of it. And a lady that was in the congregation said, oh, pastor, before you do that, I have a parrot. It's a female parrot. Uh, but, you know, she, she is, like, she sings so sweetly. And, and she quotes memory verses. I, I've taught her, and, and, uh, and maybe, maybe she can be a help to, you know, to your parrot. And he said, okay, that's, that's not a bad idea. What do we got to lose? Uh, so finally, uh, they, they bring the, the female parrot there uh, with the, the preacher's male parrot. And, and the male parrot looked at the female parrot and he says, Hi, baby, how about a kiss? And the female parrot responds, My prayers have been answered. <laughs> All right, those are connections. We don't want to avoid. Okay, those are not the connections we want, okay? 
But relationships, connections can be made. New connections can always be made. Relationships are everywhere. Let me say something else about this, and, and we'll end here, is that we can leave bad relationships behind. Because relationships are everywhere, you can make new connections, and hopefully better connections and right connections, but that also means that you can leave some bad connections behind. And there are some relationships in life that we need to leave behind. There's some that you just need to disconnect with. Some that are not helping you be successful in your life, be successful in your Christian walk with God. They're not helping your faith. They're actually detracting from you. They say about people in relationships, you're, you're, you're either a consumer or you're one that's giving. When situations come in life, you either have a gallon of water to put out a fire you have a gallon of gasoline that makes it worse. I don't know. But the relationships that are making it worse, you need to disconnect from them. The good thing about relationships being everywhere is that you can leave the bad ones behind. You see, God doesn't want you and me to have a relationship with the things of this world or the works of the flesh. In fact, in 1 John 2.15, I put it in your notes. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is but of the world. It's not of the Father. The world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. By the way, you get back to Genesis chapter 3, what we were looking about those relationships. You get to chapter 3, verse 15. You know what Jesus told to the serpent? And to the woman, there's going to be enmity. Disconnect. Just disconnect. Get that bad relationship out. Oh, but, but what am I going to do? I mean, I'm going to lose this, this person that I viewed as a friend. First of all, they're probably not your friend if they are a bad influence on you. Secondly, just remember, relationships are everywhere. You can make no, new friends. God will bring some new people that he wants you to connect with. Connect with the ones that you know God wants you to connect with. As I said, in this series, we'll talk about how do we identify those people. But what I want to just hit this morning is how important relationships are. They're important because they're everywhere. And you're going to run into them. And you can just like you can make new ones and good ones, you can leave bad ones that aren't helping you. Kind of reminds me of um, a little boy that, that was walking and he, and he tripped and fell outside, and, and one of his hands got dirty. And uh, his mom said, go inside and wash your hand. You need to be clean. He said, okay. Walked in the house, walked back out. When he walked back out, now he had two hands that were full of mud and dirty. And she said, son, I thought I told you to go and clean up your hand. And he said, yeah, mom, I did. I used my clean hand to try to clean my dirty one. You know, sometimes when you hold on to a wrong relationship and stay connected, it's not your, the clean that becomes, or the dirty that becomes clean. It's, it's usually the opposite. And with those relationships, just disconnect. So, I repeat, relationships are important. Why? Because God is relational. Relationships are important in your life. Why? Because relationships are powerful. What you think, what you do. Relationships are important. Why? Because they're everywhere. Can't escape them. 
You're going to be connecting with people this week. And they're either going to be good connections for you that you got to stay connected with or they're going to be bad ones that you need to disconnect with. You know, in March, Sunday nights at 5 o'clock, we're going to, we're going to start connection groups. Can I tell you, those groups are, are groups that you need to get connected with. I'm going to start inviting you to come back uh, on Sunday nights starting in March. Why? To connect. Have some good connections in your life. Something that's going to help you grow. Why? Because relationships are so important. They're, they're important enough that the last 33 minutes of this day, we've been talking about it. So important that the Bible starts with relationships. From chapter 1 to chapter 3, it talks about what a bad relationship will look like, what a good relationship can look like, how God is relational. It has all to do. And by the way, when you get to Revelation chapter 22, same thing. Because this whole book is full of relationships. So this morning, as we get started on this series, just remember, relationships are important. Our walk with God depends on it. Our thinking, our choices depend on it. And everything that's around us is going to be connecting with it. So I hope this morning, as we start the study, we just scratch the surface this morning. Just remember, God, help me to have kind of the right relationships in life. Help me to keep a right relationship with you because that's what you want. Help me to realize that the influence I'm exerting on others with the relationship I have with them is either good or bad. Help me to be a good friend. Help me to be a good and have the right kind of relationship. And then be praying, God, help connect me this week with somebody I should be connected with. And if there's somebody that you need to disconnect with, ask God, God, give me the strength to disconnect. It's not easy. It's not fun, but it might be necessary. It might just save you so much pain. If you can just disconnect and understand relationships are so important that that one right there is going to tear you up. It's going to hurt you. I, I pray that at least our thinking now begins to realize and, and, and takes us to a place where we have good relationships in our life that honor God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and for your truth. Father, I know that this was something pretty simple. Oh, but what your word has to say about relationships is is so big and so important. I pray that we, we wouldn't have a mindset that we're just going to connect with whoever, whenever, and however. No, Father, I pray that you would help us to see just how big the relationships in our life are, just how important they are. And help us to realize that perhaps the most important relationship that we'll ever have is with you. And so, Father, I pray that you work in our hearts and in our minds that as we start this series, as we even think about how this applies to us this week, help us to understand and do what your word teaches. Help us to disconnect with what we need to disconnect with, connect with who we need to connect with. Help us to influence others with what is right. Help us to be a good influence as parents on our children in that relationship. And help us never to neglect our relationship with you. To realize it is you, Lord. You that has created this idea of relationships. And may ours with you always be growing always be moving forward. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
Amen. I'm going to ask if you would, let's go ahead and stand. And as we allow God's word to be in our minds and as we meditate upon what we've heard this morning, I pray that this song, as we end our service, would be one that would be a blessing. Only a holy God. As we think about the relationship that we can have with him and what he's done for us to have a relationship with him, let's remember only a holy God could do that. May it be a blessing to our hearts this morning as we sing. Thank you for the plans that are uh, taking place in March, Lord. Help us as we build our relationships, as we connect with others, and Lord, as we definitely get closer in our relationship with you. We love you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. We are dismissed.